Hello and welcome to Empath and the Narcissist. Today I'm sharing with you a clip from a YouTube special that Caroline and myself went live on Narc Abuse TV. Today I'm sharing part two of this conversation with Caroline. Again, we had such a common ground in our experiences, completely different countries, completely on separate parts of the world, um, and yet the traits of a narcissist are the same. Common threads of love bombing and stepping on eggshells. And so we're going to get in today into part two. Enjoy. You have another one here agreeing um, with you. The thing is also that a lot of times you also, when you have these conversations, like for example, you had Raven um, with your partner, then a lot of times you get also empty promises. So there's a lot of talk. And they then also, if, if because eventually you hit, you hit also a point of, of frustration, right? So that you also get mad or you, you maybe want to end the relationship. But that's the point where they, they, they hold sort of like your back. They kind of lure you in again. They give you the, all the promises in the world. They tell you, I'm going to change. I'm going to do everything. It can be from, I'm going to therapy if it's really serious stuff or to, um, I'm going to, honey, for you, I'll do everything. You know, mm-hmm. but then they, then here's the important part. Make a note. <laughs> I, I wish I had because it, it's so mind-wrestling. Write these things down that he had said on the date or on the day because mm-hmm. eventually a month, six months, a year later down the line, he never said that apparently in an, another argument. Oh, yeah. Or right. he will never follow up on the things he said. So it's always empty words and no action. It's just every time the same thing yeah. happening all over. So that's 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 practical advice here. Make notes mm. of things that you've said or he had said or yet you guys agreed on. And then you have reference points. I love speaking, that. speaking of reference point, let's go back to our article that we're referencing here from mm. the mind... <laughs> TheMindsJournal.com. This is uh, great information that you ladies are laying out. I appreciate everything that's been said so far. And thank you so much to Ubi as well as Brian uh, for being here and participating. Now, in the article uh, that Falcon writes here, uh, he highlighted the fact that, the, well, sometimes there's never-ending sob stories. It's a red flag, one of the 16. Sometimes an individual, a man, we also can find this in a female as well. He does allude to that at some point in the article. But sometimes there's a never-ending sob story to pull you in. Any thoughts? Yeah, I would say this is definitely gender neutral, just from <laughs> my personal experience. I didn't say it. I tried to be very diplomatic as I laid it out there. But I am a woman. Right I will admit it. <laughs> no, I... I think, and this was, this is the part where they play the victim to get everyone to be on their side. Have you ever watched that movie where, you know, this is the the villain in the movie, but they cry, they do this (laughs) fake cry and they're like, oh, you know, everyone's against, oh, you know, and inventing Anna. Have you seen that? So she's literally putting on a show. My dad Mm. won't talk to me. He cut me off financially. Like this, this is their play. This hey, that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You could you sound like yeah, her acting. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. No, I've never seen it, but that was pretty good. I was ready this for the exactly next line. Exactly what she said, and no, and so she's getting her friend to front the credit card for this hotel room because she has zero money and all this debt. 
and she has no father. He's not an heiress billionaire. And so he's like, so she's like literally breaking down and crying. And it's, that's, that's her play. And so he's, he fronted his credit card and on she went. Like she just did it over and over. So it's the same sob story. It's the same repeated cycle. And it gets old if you are real to it and you don't have empathy. But you, you have to balance your empathy because they play on the human empathy. I had, first of all, totally nicely said, <laughs> very, very nicely said. For me, when I read the article, first thing that popped into my head, and it sounds like a little bit harsh, but pity is not love. It's charity. That wait, was wait. my, my, wait, my Say my that love. again. That was good. Say it again. Pity is not love. It's charity. Wow. And if someone sits in front of you pitying oh. themselves, first of all, I, I felt like it's a, it's, I feel like it's a, it's a lack of, of, of self-worth sort of slash low self-esteem, but also it is a lack of self-reflecting. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you only pity yourself, then, then you, li- you kind of also like point out that everyone else around you is, is making you miserable, but you have you don't own anything of oh, part of no this. accountability so, you're not no, I was gonna say, they don't take yeah. responsibility that's what i was gonna say yeah but a lot of people fall for it because it's like it makes you also feel special if someone it, it feels like oh that person opened up to me that person is sharing the dark secrets or the dark sides of, of them and that's that makes you feel if you're the other side feel like special because you feel like he shares this with me so maybe i can help so the helper syndrome jumps in and that makes a lot of women especially but also men they like to be the savior you know they're they're sort of like i'm gonna be there i'm gonna you know make your life perfect so it's like that that is that what what stimulates in the other person so it's it's, but it is a red flag pity and like i said before is not love it's just a charity that you give to someone to yeah watch out (laughs) That, that's a form of manipulation, them doing that. When it comes to a person essentially manipulating, a man manipulating, Raven, you said Actress of the Year award can go to some women, manipulating others uh, with needy stories, looking for pity, as you highlighted, Caroline. What does that do for you when you've been in those situations and someone's doing that and it's a man and that red flag pops up? Oh. You mean a red flag pops up? Because for me, I would like lean in and be like, oh my gosh, men don't usually cry. Men don't usually like have sob stories. This must be really like important. <laughs> but then you're, it kept you're so, repeating. You're so nice and mean. At the same time. <laughs> oh, that's just, I can't believe you. In other words, you're not a man. What's your problem? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, Caroline. Yeah, but to be honest, I would it would be the same. I well, obviously in the past. Now I would be like, just okay, thank you. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> kindly. <laughs> this is not American Idol. This is not The Voice. I don't need a sob story. I'm not voting for you. <laughs> no, um, then stop you know, then it. It, it, it is an, in, in 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 women's nature. I think also a little bit, but uh, some people are more prone to. I mean, that's why, for example, a psychologist. I love hearing you know people how they feel and, and, and fixing or helping and all of those helper syndrome things but yeah but that that was in the past after my experience now i would be like listening but then i would know it. that's not for me because then people could you know go to therapy okay yeah. so um when it comes to a relationship with a man here's a side question 
when it comes to a relationship with a man that you have experienced, just what we've talked about so far, not what we're about to talk about anything else, but what we've talked about so far, have you experienced any one of those combination thereof or all of the above? Look yeah, at, look at Caroline's face. Caroline's going like, I gotta be careful. My sister, <laughs> all of my sister's. <laughs> I had all that question just for you, Carol. Go ahead. What? All of the above. All of the above, I would say. Yeah, experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Raven. I agree. Yeah. All of the above. All of it. All in a different, unique, you know, formula to that person, but yeah. all of the above. Okay. Yeah. Right. We're gonna we're going to <laughs> all the above. That was really good. Um that might be a question we could you could do on your own uh, pages or uh, whatever it may be or Raven your your channel your Raven the Raven Scott show uh, channel mm-hmm. on YouTube uh, to ask uh, your subscribers or your followers <laughs> you know have which one of these have you personally experienced to let them just tell the story you might be able to write a book of what you get back so I don't know uh, um, go ahead you were gonna say something Raven no I agree I've been having a lot of feedback lately and people sharing stories and it kind of puts a little seed in my head. Like maybe I should collect these stories anonymously and put them together in a book. Maybe you should considering that uh, there are a number of men who have several bad relationships because they're control freaks. They take a, they take a magnifying glass to you. Uh, But yet they themselves have a pattern of bad relationships. Uh, the article does highlight that. It talks about that. Uh, there, is a, there is a thought here now we have to put up on the screen because I love hearing from our dear friend, Marnie, the beautiful Marnie. Uh, she puts uh, Paxton, Raven, and Caroline, thanks for bringing awareness and having these conversations. Uh, thank you so much. By the way, please, everyone, you need to get Dr. Marnie Hill Cordero books. Uh, so just a hey, Google it. Um, please do it. Uh, <laughs> look, she's got something else for you. Everybody, uh, ladies, please take a look at the screen. Uh, she says, yes, write a multi-author book, maybe an <laughs> anthology about what we're talking about right now. So you, she's got a point there. I'm yeah, sorry. You both co-author, you both co-author a book. Uh, about uh, your own experiences and opening up for other women to share their experience. That's a pretty good point. Not that it will yeah. be the first one, but it would not be the Raven Caroline collection. You guys should start a collection of co-authored books. I just threw that out there. Thank you, Marty. Great idea. Yeah. You were going to say, I'm sorry, I was speaking. I lost oh, you there in my ear. No, I, I'm just running. I'm just running with inspiration. That Uh-oh. was one of the points, though, about the bad relationships that I was going to bring up, you know, that really hit me is because especially look at how he relates to his mother. Does he argue with her? Is he almost like a partner or a husband, like a caregiver to her? Is he overly codependent with his mother? Um, And those are going to be the signs that there's some really unhealthy attachment there. And he's going to try and seek and morph your relationship into that unhealthy Wow. you know, bond. And that's what happened so, with me. So you were in a position where he tried to essentially make you mom like so that he could stay in his role that he had. Physically and emotionally. Yeah. 
Yeah, his mom, he set me up to get like a makeover done by his mom and she made me look exactly like her. <laughs> it was really creepy. Okay, that's creepy. <laughs> oh, when I look back at the pictures, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Like, I was just uh, trying to look pretty, but like I look back at the pictures, I swear to God, I look exactly like her. I shopped where she did. My nails were the same. My makeup was the same. My hair was teased like the 80s, just like her, like the same. It's creepy. <laughs> I so want to oh, see the pictures. Go I'll ahead, Caroline. You were saying I'm a little bit shocked. I, that's, <laughs> Me too. I'm sorry. It's like, oh God. But it, thanks for sharing this. You know, that's 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 really heavy. You know, somebody's living that right now though. Somebody, multiple women somewhere, they're living that experience right now, and it's considered normal for her to be that way, and she doesn't know any different because this information this education is not out there or she never had anybody ever tell her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't either. I looked to a book called how to wear high heels to try and like find guidance to be a woman, which didn't really help me, but I tried. I, I looked. No, so. right. That's that, why I'm that's passionate to share what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me also think I had also one relationship with a very narcissistic guy and he always said, I only like women wearing high heels and I am already tall. I mean, you don't see it, but <laughs> um, when I wear heels, I, I'm like a giraffe. Um, but I ended up only wearing high heels because he would wow. disregard um, sneakers. He would look at me and be like, God, they're ugly. You look like a man or wow. you know, things like this. And then I would feel like sort of not like a woman that you want to be like, feel like you obviously your partner's attracted so you become like a pleaser you're like all right fair enough i do it for him but these are things that or they would he would refer back to his ex-girlfriend and be like she had a good body what? by the way i pointed out on this several weeks what? months later he never been said but this is what it is like and it it, stay, it stays with you these things stay with you and you're like yeah all right i have to change i have to do something so it's kind of again topic boundary crossing you, you cross everything yourself that you, you yeah. stand for uh, just for yeah, the other I would, person. I would say find a man, like go on your first date with a guy completely like makeupless in your scrubs. Oh, Don't no. even wash your I hair. I did this. And then I they did fall it. in love with you. You did? <laughs> yes, <laughs> literally did it. <laughs> I tested, unfortunately, that's where I met the, my narcissist. Being oh, completely makeup less because obviously then they are so good manipulators, right? So he would pick up on it mm. and just be like, "You're a great person, right?" But then obviously mm. change later. But that's true. That is yeah. Also mine very mine called me a blank canvas because obviously I had no makeup too when I met him because I was like granola girl and wore Birkenstocks and so he was like, "Oh my gosh, you're." And he said that to me in the end. He's like, "I chose you." in my book for this very exact reason i chose you because you're a blank canvas i could shift i could shape shift you into anything i wanted wow and that, oh, that's awful. That, was that's an, uh, that was the eye opening like i'm not staying here anymore moment that's like hitler like uh brian has something for us you guys are giving me i'm creep i'm getting creeped out over here some of the stuff you're telling me I, i'm gonna make my daughter stay my my two daughters stay in the house all the time now it's like, <laughs> nothing's safe uh, Brian says that works both ways. My female narcissist, uh, couldn't stand your mother. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I feel like I was her mother. Uh, so everyone has a, a very mm. 
unique and different experience, but the theme of the experience, the pattern of behavior is the same. You're not good enough and I need to change you. And uh, that just doesn't work in the long run based upon what you're saying. Yeah, you know, Brian, it's it's a mother thing. The Dalai Lama says that the ultimate showcase for a child learning compassion and empathy is from the mother. So if there's narcissism already in the mother, if there's flaws, if she's wounded and she doesn't love herself and it gets passed on and how she relates and loves and shows compassion to her children, that's that's where that, that hiccup comes in. So always look at what their relationship is with their mother. There's some uh, information there on the screen as well. Feel free to to address that if you like from uh, our friend Dr. Marnie Hill. Yeah. What is it with high heels? It's such a dominant, like yeah. male authoritarian. Like, I guess it really it's, is. It is uh, really. It's fascinating. I, I, <laughs> Men I invent high heels considering, in the first place. Considering that I'm a man, I I can easily address that. Uh, Please. It, here we go. Men find certain aspects of the female body attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things things were made to accentuate those, heels being one of the ones that accentuate predominantly the feet, the ankle, and the calf. Yeah. No. And, it, and it moves from there. So uh, some men have not grown to appreciate a woman for what's at the top of her body, her brain, <laughs> her brain. Uh, so therefore, they gravitate to the very, as it were, superficial, fleshly aspects of the woman instead of who she is. So uh, when, it, when it comes to high heels, that's as close as I can really get to. If not, it'll take away from everything we're talking about here. And uh, we've gone nice, 50, yeah. 50 minutes. Yeah. But uh, any man... It's objectifying, right? Say it again? It's objectifying. Oh, it's objectifying. A certain aspect of the human body, not the, yeah. not the person. So yes, but, in, in essence, the answer yeah. is yes, but it's 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 objectifying not the total woman. Why? Because they immediately will compare you to another woman. So they're objectifying that, and and actually here it goes. Because see, I told you we could end up going, but uh, my friend Marnie is laying it out. I'm just trying to stutter my way through this because we're going to go in a whole nother d- direction yeah. that I love to talk about, and I'm going to have upcoming shows yeah. on pornography addiction. I but, get it. Yeah. If there was, but before there was pornography, it still is an aspect of shallow men. That doesn't mean it doesn't make you look well or it's a compliment to you. It may compliment you and highlight certain aspects. That's what clothes do. They either hide or highlight. They do one of the two. <laughs> they, they, you know, they bring attention to and highlight something or they hide something that you don't want to bring attention to. That's what clothes do. But when a, when a man or a woman, a woman may feel that way when it comes to, you know, a man having an open shirt all the time. There's a lot of things that come into play. So when we're talking about high heels, listen, we're going to have to do a show on it now. So you guys, we can, don't start something because I'll, I'll finish it. We'll go ahead and have a show on this. Because this aspect of the 16 flags that were talked about by Falcon um, in his article in the Minds Journal, uh, mindsjournal.com, uh, he has to be given credit because he highlights some things that like we're, we've been talking about. We haven't even touched half of them yet. So yeah. this aspect of high heels and why that's important and what a woman is wearing, I have to go back again to our friend, the doctor here. Uh, yeah. She says her experience, my ex wanted me to wear specific clothing 
items. When you got a man that does that, there's something wrong with him. That's different than complimenting a woman and saying, you know what? When you wear that, you make that look good. Mm. That's different. I can say that because my father used to tell my mother that. And I, and I was young. I go like, okay, that's just weird what he just said. But my mother would be, I couldn't see her for like two two weeks because she'd be on cloud 17. You know, <laughs> like why is she like walking around so stinking happy? Because she didn't go pick something for him to just like. She began to recognize it added to her self-esteem and highlighted what she wanted to highlight about herself. So her dignity was able to stay in place. But when a man is taking clothing and the only way you can have dignity is because you wear that clothing. But if you wear sneakers, you're less of a person. That's a pathetic man. So I told you I don't want to get, I'm going to the soapbox. Okay. Yeah, so anyhow, no, seriously, I'm like, amen, 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 amen. So, so it's just, I've got daughters. I've got daughters. They, they get tired. They, they probably get tired. They, they don't get tired, but they, you know, I get on my soapbox here in the house. Or stuff. This conversation is so incredible. I know you are eating it up. Um, this conversation goes on for about an hour and a half. So I'm going to give it to you in three chunks of 30 minutes. So it's bite-sized. You can listen to all of it in one sitting versus having to pause and come back to it. So I will be posting this again next Thursday. Um, so continue to um, check in. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. If you're loving this, please rate and review the podcast. Take a screenshot and tag me at The Raven Scott Show and share with me your feedback. Share with me. Do you agree? Do you have these experiences that Caroline, myself, possibly have had? I would love to hear um, from you about that. Truly, it would be such a blessing to hear so I can cheer you on, support you, and just relate to you so you know that you're not alone in this. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you and see you in the next show. Remember, always keep your unique light shining.